Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. If someone just found this list handwritten on the street and they looked and yeah. they saw number three Beatles, number four Casey Musgraves, I think most people would scratch their head and say, how could the same person have put both these bands on their list? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But anyway, that's, that's fine. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. Okay, Skip, so today we're going to talk about our favorite female bands slash artists. But before we get to that, you know, when I watch something on television, I like to sometimes give you a little review. Mm-hmm. So I saw something on TV and I'd like to give it a review. Let's go for it. But it's not a movie and it's not a TV show. It's, it's a commercial? It's a commercial. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, there is a commercial on... This is crazy, because people don't believe that we don't rehearse this and stuff. There's a commercial on TV right now that I think is one of the best commercials I've ever seen. So if you say the same commercial, I'm going to flip. So continue. It could be, because I think this commercial is great. Okay, so if, continue. And, and we haven't talked about this in advance, and if it is the same commercial, that'll be insane. It will. It'll be. T- I, I. I don't know what's. Can uh, continue. This is crazy. Okay. So, have you seen this new Apple commercial where the girl is sitting at her pool with her dog? Okay. One thing. This is not the same commercial. Okay. <laughs> but I'll tell you about my commercial in a second. No. What is this? What is that one? Okay. So there's an Apple commercial where the girl's sitting at her pool with her dog, and it's like it's not a public pool. There's only her and her dog, and that's it. So the dog is. It looks sad because the girl is focused on her phone and ignoring the dog. So the dog is obviously upset. So what does the dog do? The dog jumps into the pool and gets completely soaking wet. And then the dog comes out of the pool. And you know when a dog shakes himself off or shakes herself off, like the water goes everywhere. So the dog intentionally shakes himself off and he's trying to get her phone wet, hoping that it'll ruin her phone So she'll stop looking at it. But now Apple has this new phone that's water resistant and it doesn't, it doesn't work. So the dog is foiled. Um, It's just, it's a great commercial. That's all I have to say. But that's such a terrible message. They're telling people, keep looking at your phone and ignore your pets. And maybe even ignore your kids and your family. Just keep looking at your phone. Well, there were no other people in the commercial. Only uh, one person and a dog. I know, but you know what I mean. I know. So so it's interesting. I had no plan on talking about this, but like, have you seen the commercial for Kraft Peanut Butter? No, I have not. <laughs> they play this song. So it's like this girl and she fl- she she flies to like France and she's like, ha- she's like to be with her boyfriend. She's going to move in with her boyfriend. They're going to in France. She, she, she goes to France and it's like she's going to take the plunge and she's going to live with her boyfriend in France. And then like there's a little bit of a sexy scene for a peanut butter commercial. And then in the morning... She's making breakfast and she's like, where's the Kraft peanut butter? And and he's like, and he says in his French accent, what is Kraft peanut butter? And then they play the, and then they play the song by Roxette. It must have been love, but it's over now. Like, so right when, right when he says, what is Kraft peanut butter? And it's like, it's over now. It's like, you hear it in the song and she flies back to Canada and she has her Kraft peanut butter and she gets rid of her boyfriend because he didn't have the peanut butter. It's, it's brilliant. That is, that is quite funny. I didn't, I haven't seen it, but now I'll look out for it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got off on a tangent, as we usually do. (laughs) Right, so I need to know if we have any listener mail from our last episode. Mailbag. We do, we do. We have a strong mailbag. So uh, via email, our good friend Jesse Jackson out in Texas, he sent us his top seven artists of all time. I don't know, do you want to hear them? Sure. Well, tell me his number one. 
Well, Bruce Springsteen, which you know. Okay. Um, but then the rest of his list is uh, the Beach Boys, Sarah Hickman, John Hyatt, the Eagles, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, and Harry Chapin. Quite an eclectic little group there. Um, Matt Sanderson, our friend in British Columbia, he sent me a Facebook message saying Casey Musgraves is my goddess. So at least I have someone defending my Casey Musgraves pick last week, the controversial pick, which I'll get to in a second. Um, our good friend of the show, Derek, out here in Montreal suburbs via Facebook. <laughs> I'll read you exactly what he wrote. Well, this podcast is definitely in the top seven for most anticlimactic podcast. <laughs> Because obviously he knew knows us well and he knows what was our number ones were going to be. Right. He said, but good fun. I love the plethora of bands from the 90s alt-rock pop scene. So kudos to Josh for mentioning Green Day, Weezer, Sloan, Counting Crows, Gin Blossoms, and the most underrated of them all, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Nice. I'd like to mention that we saw Toad the Wet Sprocket in concert at um, a place called Club Soda in Montreal. Josh, I don't know if you remember. I do there remember. Could not have been more than, there could not have been more than 200 people there. I think we were, it was like... No, there might have been more than two hundred. You think? I, 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 in my, in my mind, it's like we were in a little bar and they were the the band that was playing. Like that's that that is how it was. You're not wrong, but yeah. I think there were more than two hundred. Mark from Philadelphia via text. He said, "Of course, Bruce was my number one. He he's like along with Derek. He, he kind of like knew what was going on there." Um, our friend Jeff here, also in the West Island, gave us his top seven. Bruce Springsteen, number one, U2, The Beatles, Tragically Hip, Depeche Mode, Peter Gabriel, The Cars. The Cars. It's kind of kind of, kind of weird pick there. but um, And he mentioned that, uh, he says he watches the Tim Raines game that you mentioned on YouTube often. And I, and I wanted to uh, make a correction because I looked up the, the stats from that game. Right. We, we were both a bit unclear. Right. So May 2nd, 1987. Tim Raines, he was four for five with two singles, a triple, and a grand slam in the tenth inning, and the Expos won eleven to seven. So he fell, he fell the double short of the cycle. Right. Okay. And now I'm going to segue into uh, into our list with a, an interaction I had with my wife that I texted you about, and and we both agree it maybe is the most clever, uh, the most clever thing she's ever said. Like it, right. it was it's. It it shocked me. I, I didn't know. I was so proud of her in a way because it was such a great little comeback on me and, and also hysterical. I, I Actually, <laughs> I was hoping that uh, she would come on this episode and reenact the whole scene. Yeah, there's no chance of that. So um, my I, I come upstairs after doing the podcast and she says, what did you guys do today? I said, we did, did our top seven musical artists of all time. She's like, oh, well, that's an interesting category. She's like, what was your top seven? So I tell her my top seven. And then she says to me, Casey Musgraves made it into your top seven? And I said, well, you know, like I've listened to her nonstop for like the literally the past three years. And then she looks at me and she says, you know, at one point you listened to High School Musical for three years. Hilarious. (laughs) And The best comment your wife has ever made. Yeah, I had no comeback because what she said is 100% true. When my kids were like seven and then high school, musical was pop- high school musical was popular, I used to listen to it in the car. I used to listen to the songs in the car. Like even when my kids weren't around and she used to make fun of me. So um, I don't know. I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It's about a great it. story. I love it. Yeah. So Josh, favorite female musical artists of all time. This was my topic. Yeah, well. You you texted me right after we recorded last time and you said, I realized that you realized that you didn't have any females in your list. So you're like, I think we should do a whole episode, you know, about that, you know, just 
Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I said. I was very upset at myself for not having any female <laughs> artists in our previous list. So now this is yeah. an episode dedicated to only female artists. Now, there are a few caveats that I need to uh, mention here. I've picked bands that have male people in the band, but if the lead singer is female, to me that counts. Well, that's good because I have one in my list that is in that category. And, and I thought you were going to get mad at me for cheating like you sometimes do. Oh, you che- so, you cheat all the time. <laughs> so I do have one band I do have one band in my list where other members are male and but the lead singer is female. So and, good. That's good. Well, that's good. So that's that's allowed. I'm going to answer the question you're about to ask. So I finished mm. all my research and my list last night at seven o'clock. And then last night at midnight, before I was about to go to bed, I realized, oh my God, I forgot to put in, and you'll find out who it is later, I forgot to put in a certain band. I'm like, how could I forget this band? So I put them in last night at midnight, and they're actually number one on my list. So it was like number one. The most important one was the one I forgot to put in. Number one. They're number one. So, on the- so actually, what we could say is because you said it last time, a lot of times we pick a category because we know what the number one is going to be, and we just want to talk about it and then make a list around that. That happens often. So obviously, that did not happen here. <laughs> no, actually, when I first thought of the list, I did think of them, but then when I started to write it down because I started yeah. writing this two weeks ago. I right. just forgot to put them on my post-it note, my electronic post-it I went, note. I went through my like music library and just by artist and I wrote down all the female singers. And um, and then I was a little bit worried that I missed something. I went through it again, like just to be sure, you know? So um, I hope I got everyone. It's entirely possible that I've missed somebody also. I have a kind of a weird list, Josh, because I think there's... Uh, I think there are two acts in my list that you've either never heard of or never heard any of the music. I, I'm pretty confident about that. I'm sure that's that's the case. <laughs> and and in fact, if we have one the same, like we might have one the same, but that's it. I'm confident that we have none the same. Okay. You know, you were saying you were saying that there's a few that on your list that I've never heard of. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a few on my list that you've never heard of. That's possible, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know like more than I don't know like eighty percent of the music that you listen to day to day. To be honest, that's true. Number seven, the first female artist on my list is mm-hmm. Serena Ryder, who is a Canadian singer songwriter from Toronto. She released her first album in nineteen ninety nine, but I didn't discover her until twenty twelve when she released the song "What I Wouldn't Do." which is a great song that I still love to this day. And every time it comes on the radio or on my phone, I'm very happy. Because you always love me. Oh, what I wouldn't do. Oh, what I wouldn't do. I'll carry away. I'll do anything for you. No, I know Summer from Music. That's a good pick. Glad you, that's a good one. All right. So my, my number seven. Josh, do you uh, do you remember the first album that you ever bought, like with your own money, like when you were like eleven? You mean actual vinyl? Yeah, actual vinyl. Well, I mean that's what we had at the time. I mean there wasn't. Uh, I mean I guess there was cassettes when we were like ten, eleven, twelve. It might have but... been. It might have been Men at Work. It might have been Duran Duran. Good. That these are good. You're in the right era. So so the first album I ever bought, I went to the Fairview Mall and I went to Discus. You remember Discus? Of course. <laughs> 
and I bought the album Beauty and the Beat by the Go-Go's. That's great. I actually had the Go-Go's in my honorable mentions. Yeah. So, I mean, I have, I have like a, uh, you're going to say I'm cheating, but I have number seven on my list is the Go-Go's plus Belinda Carlisle solo. You know, like I kind of combine them. Um, so the, yeah, like I said, it's the first album I ever bought when I was a kid. I mean, even to this day, like any of those songs come on the radio, we got the beat, our lips are sealed, vacation, mad, uh, mad about you, whatever. Like those are songs that I automatically turn up. Like I'll never skip them. I'll always listen to them. Right. I, I mean, I had such a huge crush on Belinda Carlisle. You have no idea. Like I love, <laughs> like, I just, I loved her. And, um, you know, there was a, there's a Go-Go's movie. I forget if it's on Netflix or Crave. I, I don't remember where it is, but I watched it during the pandemic. It's really, really interesting. Like, you don't realize, like, they were a punk band coming up. Like, we think of them as this little pop group, you know, but they were totally in the punk scene. They did all kinds of drugs and partying. Like, it's really cr- quite crazy. Like, when you watch the documentary, you're like, that's the Go-Go's. But anyways, they're number seven on my list. That's a great pick. I'm almost sorry that I didn't include them in my top seven, but it's a great pick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you were talking about the first album I ever bought. I do remember the first CD I ever bought, because that's a little bit more Whoa. recent. Yeah, sure. And I'm not sure why I'm mentioning this. It, it was a female artist, but she's not on my list. Oh, okay. And it's <laughs> so and it was it was Sinead O'Connor. Oh yeah, okay. I, I was wondering if Sinead O'Connor was gonna make it onto your list, but she doesn't have a big enough catalog, really. You know? I mean, she does, but she just didn't make it onto yeah. my list. My list is okay. uh other than Maybe one artist. My list is more recent stuff, like in the last 10 sure. or 20 years. Number six. So number six for me, a band that needs no introduction, the Cranberries. So they're an Irish rock band, or they were an Irish rock band, formed in 89, and they were originally called the Cranberry Sauce. That was their original oh. name. And their lead singer was not Dolores O'Riordan. It was a, a, it was a guy. They replaced him with Dolores O'Riordan in 1990, and that's when they changed their name to the Cranberries. Now, sadly, O'Riordan died in 2018. Um from drowning due to alcohol intoxication. So obviously the band no longer exists. Right. It's hard to imagine that Cranberries with a different singer because her voice was so... Um, distinct. Distinct. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good pick, Josh. Good pick. So um, my next two picks are female singers that um, I really listened to a lot, especially around the time in the 90s when we were roommates. <laughs> Um, so my number six on my list is Sean Colvin. You knew, you know, that I, I liked her at one point a lot. Um, I fell in love with her music in the nineties. I kind of lost track of her, uh, more recent stuff. Um, and she, she really, um, you know, she had that song, Sunny Came Home, which was a huge commercial success, but I really preferred her two albums before that. Um, it, uh, her album Steady On and Fat City, those are the two that I really like. And she has an amazing album, which I mentioned when we did our, our episode with Jesse on our favorite cover songs. She has an album called Cover Girl, which is all cover songs, and they're all amazing. Like, it's really, like, to me, that's, like, one of her best. But 
Um, anyway, so Sean Colvin, yeah, that's my number six. Very cool. Number five. Okay, so number five for me is of Monsters and Men. So they're an Icelandic indie folk rock band, and they were formed in uh, Reykjavik in 2010. Um, so they actually have two lead singers, a guy and a girl. So obviously that counts for me because of what I said earlier. But anyway, I discovered them in 2011 when they released a, a duet called Little Talks. So it's both the male and the female singer singing in that song. I like walking around this old and empty house. So hold my hand, I'll walk with you, my dear. The stars creak as you sleep, it's keeping me awake. It's the house telling you to close your eyes. I've never heard of them. I think you mentioned to them, I think you mentioned them on this show once. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure if you heard the song Little Talks, you would you would recognize it. Well, I'm going to like like whenever you mention bands that I don't know, I usually go and give them a listen and and I usually end up liking them. OK. So. All right. Number five for me. I mean, uh, again, this is like my music of the 90s. Um, and that and you know that that I, I really love this artist and that's Chantal Kreviazuk, uh Canadian artist. Uh, she really got a lot of airplay in the u.s because she had a couple of really big hits like that were on soundtracks you know um leaving on a jet plane was in the armageddon soundtrack and then she had a song called feels like home which i think was played on dawson's creek which really got her popular but i mean to me though that's that's garbage those songs are nothing um is so like in 1997 her debut album came out was under these rocks and stones and that's just like the greatest that's to me it's like it's it's such an incredible album um, their song "Surrounded" is absolutely you know, that's her greatest song for me. I was I don't know if you remember, but at the time. Like I didn't have a CD player in my car. I made a I made a cassette copy of the whole CD just so I could listen to it in my car. I had like the cassette version for myself. Um, I don't know. She's such a you know she's married to Rain Maida, the singer from Our Lady Peace, also a very kind of well known. Well, they're not really active now, are they? I don't know, but uh, Canadian rock band. I think they're still uh, releasing new stuff, and I think they're still touring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I told you this story once before. I saw her in concert. Uh, at a very small venue this is like again in 1997 and at this is before the age of cell phones and everything and i guess there was a guy like in the front row like recording it like on either videotaping the concert or audio i'm still not sure and we were all like we were in like the crowd of people just like a crowd of people leaving the venue you know like you were just like person to person bumping up against everybody trying to get out of the venue and then who comes in Chantal herself through the crowd and she like goes up to this guy accosts him and she starts screaming at him she's like give me back that tape and she's like she was so like adamant about like that he shouldn't be recording which is absolutely crazy when you think about it in today's day and age because any artist now who's doing a concert 
there's a million recordings because everybody's recording bits and clips and stuff on their phone. It's like you can't stop it. Like there's no point in stop trying to stop it, you know, so. Yeah, I do remember you telling me that story for sure. Number four. Okay, so next on my list is a Scottish pop band from Glasgow called Churches. Mm. Now, Whoa. Um, if you look up Churches, you're not going to find them because Churches is spelled very weirdly. It's not spelled C-H- U-R-C-H-E-S, the way you would think to spell churches. It's spelled C-H-V-R-C-H-E-S, but it's pronounced churches. Anyway, enough of the English lesson for one day. I don't know if that is English. Right. Their lead singer is Lauren Maybury, whose name I can pronounce. And uh, I discovered them in 2013 when they released the song, The Mother We Share. So you Okay, I gotta like I'm this I've never heard of that's for sure. I mean the spelling I would have remembered that. So um, wow, I can't wait to hear this again. Okay, um, number four for me is a band that I mentioned to you once or twice um, again because um, they have a two complete cover albums of cover songs. Um, and that's the group called The Bird and the Bee. Have I told you about these guys before? I don't I don't uh, recognize the name of this band. So it's a duo. It's two people. Um, the music is done by this guy, Greg Kirsten, who's a pretty famous like uh, session musician who decided to go out on his own. And the singer, uh, her name is Inara George. So it's um, how do you characterize The Bird and the Bee? It's like quirky jazz pop. It's like it's got its own kind of style. Um, they they don't they have they started in two thousand seven. They have six albums and they have a tons of like EPs and stuff on Apple Music and Spotify. They got a million like one song or two song albums. Um, but they have these two cover albums called Interpreting the Masters Volume One and then Interpreting the Masters Volume Two. And one album is all cover songs of Hall and Oates, and then the other album is all cover songs of Van Halen. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> and like you, you like the, the song the, the versions of the Van Halen songs are unrecognizable. Like you you can't know them. Like you you'll never know them. Like um it's really like incredible to listen to. Even my wife likes the the Hall and Oates songs. She's like, she, whenever they they come on when I'm listening to music, she's like, oh, she really likes those. Um, I, I don't know. I just highly recommend them. They have all kinds of great music, and it's all kind of all over the map in terms of style. Okay, very cool. Number three. So next on my list is um, a woman by the name of Alice Merton. So Alice Merton was born in Germany, but she moved to Canada at a very young age with her family. She was a little girl. She eventually moved back to Germany and learned to speak German in high school so she could communicate with her grandmother. And then she moved to England after graduating from high school, and that's when her professional singing career really took off. Anyway, my favorite song of hers is Vertigo. But how do you find these artists? So Alice and Churches with a V. 
And like, where do you listen to these artists? I mean, this is all in my regular playlist. Where do I, I, I hear them on. But you had to have found them somewhere, you know? I, like... Well, the radio station that I listen to, there's two stations that I listen to regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 102.1 The Edge and Indie 88. And they play these artists all the time. Okay, that's cool. That's very cool. So my number three, again, I think this is someone that you've never heard me speak about. Her name is Regina Spector. Do you know her? No? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but no, mm-hmm. I don't know who she is. She's born in Russia, actually, but I mean, she's a New Yorker now. She started as an independent artist in New York. She actually um, produced her own albums, like in the early two thousands. Um, her her music is characterized as anti folk, like that's the style that they people called it. Um, she has one really famous song, which is the opening theme song of Orange is the New Black. I don't know if you ever watched Orange is the New Black. I think I've seen one episode of that show. Okay. So her song Animals is the theme song for that show. And I don't like that. To me, that's her, the worst song. I I don't even like it. (laughs) Um, but I just thought it was interesting when I, when my wife used to watch Orange is the New Black and I was like, Hey, that's Regina Spector. And then I, and then I was like kind of surprised. Uh, like, like I just asked you, how do you discover these artists? I discovered her completely by accident. It's like one of these things. Do you ever see the movie 500 Days of Summer? Mm, possibly. It's like a guy who falls in love with this uh, girl and then um, they break up and he go. It's like the 500 days of like the relationship from like when they met I to think, the breakup. I think I to... have seen it. So her song Us is in that movie. And that that's how I discovered it. And then from from getting to one song, I was like, well, what else does she have? And I listened to another album and another and another. And now like she she keeps coming up with albums like even I think she came up with one in 2021. So um, I, I do keep up with the new music that she she's putting out. Number two. I hope you've heard of my next band because they're Canadian. So mm-hmm. hopefully you've heard of Metric. Metric. Yes. I have a story about I have a story about Metric for you. I'm not talking about the measurement. I'm talking about the Canadian rock band formed in Toronto in 1998. <laughs> okay, continue, but I, I this is great. I'm I'm this is something I wanted to get off my chest for a while. I'm going to let you talk about Metric and I'll tell you this little story about about it. Okay. So, again, most of the band members are male, but their lead singer is female. Her name's Emily Haynes. So, mm-hmm. they actually started as a duo with Emily Haynes and James Shaw under a different name. And then after releasing an EP and adding a few new band members, they changed their name to Metric. So actually, th- this is a complete coincidence, but they're performing live in Toronto on August 26th. And one of the opening acts for that concert is Spoon. Y- you'll remember oh. I mentioned Spoon on a, on a previous episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know you don't want to come all the way to Toronto to see Metric, but they're also going to be performing live in Montreal on August 29th. Um, oh. and their latest, well, you could come here. I could now their late, their latest hit, which is in the running for song of the year, um, is co- on your, your song, of my the song year. of yeah, the year. Like, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's called all comes crashing. When push it comes to shove, we do not fall out of love. We double down. We do not fade for Okay, very nice. 
So, you know, like when you get like, well, you've had the same car for a while, but like in when you get a new car now, the radios are pretty fancy. So like when you turn on a radio station, it will a radio, regular radio, not satellite radio or anything like regular radio. It will tell you the artist and the song that's playing. Correct. Yes. So if I put on whatever station, it's going to tell me whatever's playing. If if I put on like an AM talk station, it's just going to tell me the station. It doesn't tell me, you know, the show or whatever. Like depends on what the station is feeding it, right? Show FM, very famous rock station here in Montreal. Every, and I don't know if this is a problem with my car or this is a worldwide phenomenon. I don't know. Maybe other people could tell you. If I put my car, next time you're you're in town, I'll show it to you. If I put, I click the button for Show the first thing that will come onto the screen for one second, and then it changes to the correct artist, it says metric. Every single time. Every single time I push Shome FM, it says metric. Now, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the band metric or it's telling me it's some kind of metric system. I don't know. Yeah, so maybe you can set your car to be metric or not metric. And like, you know, instead of having miles per hour, you could have kilometers per hour. Or instead of having Celsius, you could have Fahrenheit. But it's only Shome FM. If I go on another station, it's going to tell me the band right away. Correct, right away. And and the thing with the metric is it comes on for one second and then it leaves and then t- tells me like whatever song and artist. It's very, very strange. That is very strange. And it reminds me of a story you told me um, from that podcast you used to listen to, Reply All, where, yeah. where every time someone was listening to a certain song, there was like a, was a skull and bones or something. Yeah. Yeah, and it had to do with their car stereo system and the 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 graphics company that feeds that system. Yeah, that's a crazy episode. So that's so maybe nuts. this is the same thing. I should I was considering writing to those guys about the metric problem. Anyway, I can't I can't explain it. So All right. So we got to my number 2. Yeah. This is a controversial now it's a controversial pick, Josh. <laughs> this artist was maybe going to be in my list and then when I told my daughter what what the topic was she was like well taylor swift better be in your list i got a blank space baby and i'll write your name <laughs> i don't know that taylor swift has to be in your list but when i when i told selena the, li- the like what we're doing she's like well tell taylor swift's in your top seven of all time for sure and then it was and then the more i thought of it i was like okay i'll put her in at seven and then and then i thought of it some more and i was like i'm not being fair and, and it goes back to my wife's comment about how I listen to stuff for, you know, whatever I listen to. So based on the criteria like that I should be setting, I mean, I've seen Taylor Swift in concert three times. <laughs> now, I know that sounds crazy. And I went with my daughter when she was eight years old and 10 years old and 12 years old, but I still went three times. And I've listened to every one of Taylor Swift's albums. They're all in my phone. Every one of them, not every single song, but most. So I think... I'm not being fair if I don't give her the due that she like th- that that she like the recognition that she deserves. So that's why I decided to put her number two. And I'm a big defender of Taylor Swift. If you tell me she's pop, she's no good. Like I will tell you, I will scream from the rooftops. I think she's she's the voice of a generation. She's not my generation, <laughs> you know. But she really is the voice of an entire generation, whether you like it or not, you know. So I mean, I ha- that's why I put her there. I have no problem with that pick, and now it's making me realized that I didn't include Britney Spears in my list. I didn't include... Oh, no, I can't. I, I didn't include Debbie Gibson in my list. I didn't include Tiffany oh. in my list. Um, so maybe I need to rethink my entire list now. I mean, but Britney Spears, do you have any songs of her on your phone? I think I, I think I do, actually. 
Yeah, but maybe one. It doesn't mean you listen to Britney Spears all the time. That's true. Debbie Gibson is an interesting pick. I think she could have snuck into my list. That's an actually a good one, actually. Tiffany, no. Come on. That was like, no, that's, that's fine. That's anyway. No good. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Taylor Swift, I put her at number two, and she's she's right there. Number one. Okay, so number one for me, it's another Canadian band, and I'm. if you tell me you never heard of them, there's a problem, because I've mentioned them on this podcast before. So they're called The Beaches, and they're actually mm. from Toronto, and the reason they're called The Beaches is because three of the members are from a part of Toronto, which is called The Beaches. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I really like this band for many reasons. First of all, every single member of the band is female, so it's not like the other bands that I picked prior to. And I will right. and I will name all of them. Oh. Jordan Miller, Kylie Miller, Leandra Earl, and Eliza Enman McDaniel. So they were Yes, you, you have mentioned the beaches before. Right. Yes. So they released their debut album Late Show in 2017. And they're actually going on tour in the US this fall. So if you really want to see them, you're gonna to have to go to the States. Now mm. As I mentioned, you may recall that in our best of 2020 episode, my favorite song that year was Lame by The Beaches. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Now... I'm going to segue into my number one. I had Casey Musgraves in my top seven artists of all time. So obviously she has to be number one here. Like the, the you know. Right. Logically. So, and, and she and she is. But like how close is the beaches to making your top seven artists of all time being the number one female? It's, like is she close? Is she eight? Or, I'm not she. Are they eight? Are they nine, 10, 12? What, like how close are they? It's a good question. And I actually thought of it. Um, would I have put them in my top seven? Mm, probably not in my top seven, mm-hmm. so they probably wouldn't have made yeah. the 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 last episode. But yeah. um, I don't know, maybe top fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I think for me too. Like, I think after Casey Musgraves number one for me, all the rest of my lists, like they're not close to making the top seven, but they they would be somewhere in the top twenty, all of them. You know, m- most of them. So, anyway, so like I said, my number one is Casey Musgraves. Um, her 2018 album Golden Hour is the greatest album of all time. I will, I will fight that to the death. I, I, I think, I think after you listen to yourself saying that, you might change your mind. Well, I mean, look, it, it, that's my opinion, but I mean, I just think it's a masterpiece. Um, she has her own acquired taste. It's like you, you need to like her sound. You know, like she doesn't have a normal sound, and that's kind of what drew me to her. You know, so. Um, like it's been described as psychedelic country pop, like, and I don't even know if that does it justice, but, um, kind of it is what it is. So, um, if you want to, if you really want to like, just like how I discovered her is I saw her singing on the Grammys and she sang one song. And then the next day I was like, who is this girl? And then I started to look up her songs and I was like, okay. And then her popular songs are country. You know, but then I said, what about the rest of this Golden Hour album that just won album of the year last night, you know, on the Grammys? And I just had it on. I just had it playing the whole album while I was working. And I was like, after a while, I like I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> this is something like I've got something here, you know, and then I was hooked. And that was that. That's my number one. Great. Uh, you had a great list. Um, you don't need to be uh, you don't need to defend your list. It's your list. So no, whoever, you, whoever's in it yeah, is in it. We, 
Right. I mean, that's our picks. That's why we that's why we changed the the way we entitle the episodes from top whatever or top seven to favorite because it's more personal for us. Right. Exactly. I had some honorable mentions. I don't know if you do. Go ahead. Sinead O'Connor, Bonnie Raitt, Linda Ronstadt, Cowboy Junkies, Carol King, Indigo Girls and Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin was an artist that I had in the top seven. I, I, I didn't know where to place her. You know, like she she kind of deserves to be in the top seven, and and she just got squeezed out in the end. So I had some honor mentions as well. Uh, garbage, they're American. I, I'm shocked garbage didn't make it into the. I was sure they were in. So they were originally in, but then when I remembered I had to put the beaches in, I had to take somebody out. So the the, the band moved down after the band that came yeah. out was garbage. So they're American, interestingly right. enough, except the lead singer, the only female band member, is Scottish. So, and then a few other bands. Um, the Monowales, Elastica, Echo Belly, The Breeders, um, The Bangles. and The Bangles? Yeah. And I've also got uh, Avril Lavigne and Alanis Morissette on my honorable mentions. Very nice. That's good. And then, like you said, Debbie Gibson. I think she deserves that. Of course. Yes, yeah, she, she does. <laughs> she absolutely does. The Skip and Josh podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen to the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. To interact with the show, send an email to skipandjawshow at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter and go to Facebook to like the show page. And now for some final thoughts from the guys. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but in the minor leagues in baseball, they're experimenting with some new rule changes. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, they experimented with the current rules in the minors first too, a little bit, and then they, then they promote them, you know. Like, uh, but what are they experimenting with? The so, robo umps? No, I mean, I think they're doing that too, which that that they should already implement a long time ago. But so there's mm. this um, there's this rule change where they want to encourage more stolen bases because stolen bases are very exciting, and so the way they're doing this is. The pitcher now is only allowed to throw over to first base three times. Like yeah, I heard about this. Per player, yeah. like per per runner. Um, yeah. So obviously, like if you've already thrown over there three times, the runner knows you can't throw over there again, and he can take a bigger lead. And I don't think that's going to promote more stolen bases. I think it's just going to speed up the game, which actually may be an unintended consequence of this. Right, right. So, but the, the the reason why I say it's not going to add stolen bases is because you have to get on base to get stolen bases, and players do not get on base. <laughs> this is true, but maybe it's strikeouts or home runs. Well, maybe right? in the so, minors they do. I don't watch minor league baseball, and maybe in the minors they actually do get on base more often because you know there's more errors right, in right. the minors, and and not everyone hits a home run, and and not everyone like not every pitcher is able to strike you out. So, um, right. But the reason I bring this up, like whether it's a good rule or not. Um, this rule would have been terrible in the 80s because it would have made the scoreboard chickens at Olympic Stadium extinct. Yeah, it's so true. Think about all the guys, all the stolen bases in the 80s and even in the early 90s. Like, there would have been even more. Like, if you could only throw over three times, Ricky Henderson and Tim Raines would have stolen, like, it would have been crazy. And Ron LaFleur as well. Yeah, well, like, all those guys, Willie McGee, uh, Vince Coleman, you know, like, Kenny Lofton even into the 90s. Like, uh, that would have been nuts. 
Are you following like what's going on in baseball a lot? Like other than your fantasy, like do you actually know what's going on in the standings? I guess you're in Toronto, so there's a buzz about the Jays, right? Yeah, I mean, like I couldn't ramble off the standings to you without looking at them, but I yeah. I know the teams that are in contention. You know, the Dodgers yeah. are running away with their division, and the Yankees were running away with their division, but they're actually slumping now. Um, well, that's why I bring that up. That's why I bring that up. Like, if you're seventy three and forty seven, that's your record. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, great. Would you, would you fire your manager? Like, I think that's where the Yankees are right now. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> I I wouldn't fire the manager. I don't think they're. I don't think he's going to get fired. I mean, maybe you know they've lost. They've lost fourteen out of eighteen games. I know, but maybe they'll do that in the off season if they don't win the World Series. But I don't. Well, think they're, they're not going to win the World Series because they can't even score a run. Yes, but you know how every team goes through a slump, right? And yeah, and this yeah. is their this is their first slump of the year. It's coming at no, a bad it's coming bigger. at a bad time, yeah. but you know they're going to eventually snap out of the slump at some point. It's just that this is really prolonged, right? Because they're they're twelve and twenty four since July eighth, right? Like that's that's not a slump. That's like that's who you are, you know. When it's when you're talking about you know forty games. You know, that's like, that's who you are, you know? And they made some questionable moves at the trade deadline. You know, every team, especially even the Yankees, every team needs pitching. You can never have too much pitching. And they traded one of their regular starting pitchers, uh, Jordan Montgomery. He's not like an all-star or anything, but like he, he, he made every single start. He pitched every five days. He had decent numbers and they traded him to St. Louis for, for Harrison Bader, who's actually injured right now. I don't know why you would yeah, trade for a guy who's injured, but whatever. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. And you texted me earlier in the week. Are you watching the World Juniors? Are you going to watch the gold medal game? So I, I've turned it on, like just like to have it on in the background when I'm doing other mm-hmm. stuff, because the games are sometimes at weird times. Like yesterday, I think the game was on at four yeah, yeah. in the afternoon. Um, yeah. I guess I will watch tonight because it's the gold medal game and I, and I, and I won't be... I'm not going out tonight, so I, I will have the TV on. Um, maybe I'll just watch the third period. I don't know. I don't really care who wins. Yeah. Uh, I did watch... The, the, actually, the, the most interesting part of that tournament was a couple of nights ago when Chechia defeated the USA. It was a huge upset, and I watched the third period of that game. So that was actually the most interesting part of the entire tournament. Is that the new way of calling the Czech Republic now? Yes, it is. They they, they prefer <laughs> because I heard, they prefer to be called Chechia. Okay, because I heard this on TV and I was like, are they talking about the Czech Republic? Because that's the flag they showed, but I never heard of Chechia before. But interesting, but they want to be called Chechia, but on their uniform it says Czech Republic, I believe. Oh, well, that's kind of weird. Anyways, I texted you in during the first game of Team Canada against Slovakia, and I was like, what's going on here? The game's in Edmonton. There's nobody there. Like, there's nobody there. It's empty. And and apparently TSN has acknowledged that the ratings are terrible also on TV. And it's, I mean, we know why. I mean, part, it's partly because it's in the summer, partly because there's a lot of controversy around Team Canada, and people just people just don't care, or they just don't know. It just goes to show that the whole thing is a made-for-TV that TSN hypes up around Christmas time. Um, and as soon as they put it on at a different time, people are like, what? It's on? You know, like... Because yeah. because during that Christmas time when it's on, what else do you have to do? Like, usually the weather is bad, so you're not going to go outside and, like, play any sports. Um, yeah. Right? So you... you and, and 
oftentimes you're with your family because it's holiday time. So you want to just yeah. get away from your family and watch something on television. So you, you turn yeah. on the game and you watch, especially if it's in Europe and the game is on at like seven in the morning. It's perfect. Yeah. But now and it's the opposite effect in the summer. The opposite effect in the summer, especially in Canada, because we really appreciate the summer because we don't have a very long summer. No one wants to watch hockey, you know, people want to go out and do stuff, right? So it reminds me I of mean, that okay. year, that year, the first year of the pandemic where the NHL paused their season and then they did the playoffs in like August, yeah. September, right? That's when the playoffs yeah. Yeah. happened. Yeah, well, they had to, yeah. yeah. And even that was hard for me to get into. It was ter- it was very hard to get into, especially, well, there's a bunch of reasons around that, but yeah, it was hard to get into. So the only other thing I wanted to tell you, and you know, but I just want to tell the listeners that I was a guest on Jesse Jackson's uh, Set Lusting Bruce, Bruce Springsteen podcast twice uh, in the last week. The episodes came out, but he's doing a uh, he's doing a John Hyatt month. And, and as you know, I mentioned John Hyatt was in my top seven artists of all time. So I was able to be a guest on his, his podcast and talk about two different John Hyatt albums. So I'll post the links to the the episodes in our description if everyone and anyone if anybody wants to hear me, you know, going on and on about John Hyatt. It's interesting that he's doing a John Hyatt month. I can't imagine us doing any single topic the same for an entire month. I cannot imagine. We that. should try. Let's try. You want to give ourselves a challenge? Let's do it. I don't think. Well, I, a month for us is only two episodes. <laughs> that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and for Jesse, a month could be ten episodes or twelve. Right. He right. Post them like right. every two days. Right. So. Um, all right. I, I enjoyed our discussion about our female artists, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Have a great week. Bye.